0: And Welcome to the latest Science of Sport podcast. I'm your host Matt Solomon and today I'm delighted to be joined by Josh Fletcher. So Josh has extensive experience as a strength and conditioning coach but more recently has delved into the niche of practitioner wellness and has really clear processes and principles which you can apply to your everyday life to help make sure that you are on top of your wellness as a high performance coach. So without further ado it's time to welcome Josh onto the show. So Josh, welcome to the Science of Sport podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you.
1: Yeah, welcome back. Second time round. Uh, very different topic area this time though. So thanks for having me.
0: Uh, the pleasure is mine, mate. Can you give us a quick introduction as to who you are and what you've been up to until now for those who've not heard of you and uh, don't know what you're doing?
1: Yeah, sure. So this is a real, real whittle stop. Uh, three and a bit years with EIS. Three years pro rugby. Pro rugby. Uh, one year out in India on a crazy project, well, three and a half years in uh, Romania with uh, their special forces through Exos. And now I am living in Lyon in France, working with a Formula 2 racing car driver with Hintzer. Uh So that's me professionally um, as a person, got a two-year-old boy called Bam Bam real name's Ollie but he's trashes everything so call him Bam Bam Uh, and uh, yeah I think I'm about to hit 37 next month so I'm uh, grasping hold of my youth for as long as I possibly can
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh mate don't worry too much about the youth you'll get it back one day probably maybe second second maybe life begins at 40 mate like you can just play it through till then Yeah, yeah. Well, until then, I think it might be a bit of a rough ride. (laughs) (laughs) All right, mate. So uh, speaking of rough rides, um, obviously, lots of coaches don't look after themselves properly. um, And you've basically uh, engineered a bit of a a niche in uh, practitioner wellness. So can you give us an introduction as to what practitioner wellness is and why it's so important?
1: Yeah, sure. So the, the, the second part of what I do, I should have mentioned at the start. I'm I'm I've dubbed myself the practitioner wellness guy. And I've set up a, a business called Career Blueprint, which is focused around giving practitioners some support, tools, and education as to how they can look after their well-being. Uh and the reason for that is because there's there's a huge gap uh between uh, what the expectations are of the industry and uh, what people are actually doing for for themselves for me well-being or wellness is has three main pillars and that's happiness health and wealth and wealth is not just financial it is um, a wealth of knowledge wealth of experiences wealth of healthy relationships etc and the, the the whole premise of, of what i'm trying to do is based around the facts that practitioners there's so many different pain points in our industry, things like uh, supply and demand, imbalances, things like low salaries, uh, unsociable working hours, et cetera, et cetera. And we talk about these things so much, but what no one is talking about is the impact that these things have on somebody's well-being and also the what you can actually do about it in order to ensure that the the impact on your well-being are mitigated so, so that's
0: what I'm doing now and that's the super interesting right because I think almost every practitioner in sport at some point has gone for yeah this is uh, this is a lot or or oh, this is difficult or I'm not looking after myself properly um so why why is it the case then uh, particularly in in sport that people aren't looking after themselves
1: yeah i mean it's a, it's a great point i think that there's this glorification of the grind uh there's there's just this expectation that you do whatever needs to be done um and w- we don't really have any barriers we don't have any skills and knowledge as to how to implement barriers uh we don't often know how to say no to to uh, to a coach or to to ourselves uh, and one of the major things, especially something I was hugely um guilty of is just creating so much work for ourselves. We have all these good intentions to implement all these systems and these programs and processes and bespoking everything under the sun without actually realizing what is going to be impactful. So we we, we have this tendency to just jump in um, and be incredibly solutions and outcomes focused without actually understanding what the process is that's involved in those, those outcomes. Um, so really we need to take a step back and understand what, what impact we're making. Um, because we end up generating so much additional
0: stress and pressure for ourselves with, with a lack of skills, really. So when, when we don't have those skills, right, um, obviously that can become a problem, but before then we start to talk about how we can look after ourselves and develop those skills. How do you think that you can realize or recognize when there's a, a lack of attention for that wellness? So is there something which, uh, which you can be alert for when maybe, uh, your, your wellness starts to go down or you're, um, yeah, you're, you looking at things a bit negatively. Well, how, how do you then know that that's happening? Cause it can sneak up on you, right?
1: Yeah, it, it can. And I've always called it, um, it's kind of like death by a thousand razor blades. Um, it, it doesn't happen overnight. It's also like the other analogy I like to use is like the world's slowest train crash that everybody else can see coming apart from you. So that's the first thing really is to, to have a really honest and open circle around you that help to, help keep you hold your feet to the fire, um, and keep you kind of accountable for what you're doing and your actions. Um, and and when you so, so things like mentors are, are absolutely perfect with this um if you don't have a mentor and you don't have you know that tight a circle that that they can help you out to to kind of stay on uh, on track then then really you need to be trying to figure out ways in which you can do that for yourself and one of the great ways to do that is something like journaling so so journaling's a great way to to hold yourself kind of accountable and to really kind of get in tune with what's what's going on in, in your head um what it allows you to do is is get everything out of your your head uh, and, and provide you with some clarity as to to what's actually to what's actually happening um once it's out and it's on paper there's this you know fantastic process which which takes place where it it, it kind of alleviates things um so, so holding yourself accountable is is uh is a great way Journ- journaling is a great way to do that the other way is, is through some uh, kind of structures and processes that you can create for yourself which which actually provide you with some barriers some left and right limits as to you know not going down the rabbit hole of the, the negative spiral that i think is quite common with with practitioners uh, and limiting your reflections to something like three up three down three things that that have gone well and three things that haven't puts that in uh, puts impact on limiting the constructive criticism or the constructive feedback and also in, in, ensures that you're reinforcing the positive things that are taking place either in your life or in your practice. Uh, so, so there's a couple of um, a couple of really easy quick tips. And, and the other, like I said, the ment- mentor is it's hugely important. And having people that, that understand the industry and that are relatable is, is invaluable, really.
0: And uh, what, what I want to touch on quickly as well is the uh, what you mentioned initially there, and that's um, the people around you and how they can help like how can uh, either athletes or coaches, colleagues, uh, how can those people be on the lookout for their fellow practitioners or their coach, whatever it might be? because obviously athletes could potentially see certain signs of wellness as well. Um, what should they be on the lookout for?
1: Yeah, I I think it's um, you have a responsibility for yourself to create an environment where people are able to talk openly about these things. Uh, I, I think if you're if you have colleagues or you have friends or you have uh, it, even your athletes, it's it's letting them know that it's all right to say you're not OK. Uh, letting them know that it's all right to say that you're struggling with a certain thing and and perhaps showing that little bit of vulnerability to people. Uh, we do have a tendency to to want to hide it or guard it from our athletes. and I, And I can totally relate to that. But what we shouldn't be doing really is, is hiding and guarding things from our colleagues and our, and our friends and our support structures, because if we're not open and honest and showing that bit of vulnerability, then we're not promoting that in other people. So, I mean, it, it on, to be on the lookout, you'd be looking at things like, you know, are are, you, are they giving energy, taking energy, the general body language, the type of words, the language that they use, the, their, their physical appearance, their, uh, their general energy levels in relation to uh, perhaps training uh, changes in habits um, or terminology and words that they might use in certain conversations their availability and engagement general presence I mean, i'm just reeling off things here but there's almost like a checklist a wellness checklist that you can go through to ensure that that um and ask ask the right questions So instead of asking, how are you saying, you know, how's it going for you? Like, how is your work? How's everything in your personal life at the moment? And don't be afraid to ask something that's a little bit probing. And especially if you set up a relationship with someone that you can be open and honest about your yourself, then a lot of people are quite open to to, uh, receiving that information and supporting you as well.
0: I, mean, I can certainly, uh, I can certainly understand that when you open up a little bit and you give them that little bit of uh, of extra uh, information, that you can certainly both benefit from that as well. And though the relationship only becomes stronger. Um, obviously, make people might want to be careful about how they deal with athletes, but with colleagues, I'm sure it's uh, it's certainly some good advice to be able to share certain piece of information to to help yourself feel better about what you're doing. So I think that's uh, that's some superb advice. Um, And when it comes to then actually improving your wellness as a practitioner, how can you go about that? Because obviously it sounds easy, right? It it sounds like all you have to do is be like, right, I just go to the spa and uh, and have a chat to someone. Um, But it's more difficult than that. How do you then go about, as a practitioner, forming some kind of structure where you can improve your wellness and become happier and healthier?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's a great question, and the reason why it's a great question is because what works for Boris doesn't work for Doris. No two individuals are the same, so your your wellness and your well being is bespoke, and that's why I'm I'm encouraging people to create their own system and structure, but based on some sound principles. Uh, it, it is it's not um that there's a stigma around mental health and there's a stigma around well-being in our industry it's not sexy yet it's not cool to talk about your well-being and it's not cool to talk about not being all right all the time but ultimately it's totally normal and, and the goal really is to is to normalize things um so all right, I've gone off on a bit of a tangent now well just remind me of that question sorry
0: but basically how can you start to structure this how can you then uh, if you think that maybe your wellness is is down or you want to um, look after yourself a little bit better how can you then start to um, implement some tactics or techniques to make sure that you're then going about this in a in an organized way
1: yeah okay that was it yeah cool so it, basically you you it's the same with any element of health or fitness that you want to be keeping tabs on it and keeping it up because it's easier to uh, keep hold of it than it is to attain it. Uh, And so, like I say, the, the, the journaling is, is a huge way that a lot of people are actually go to therapy or therapists. Uh, unfortunately, there's still a bit of stigma attached to that, but I, I don't really understand why. Um, it's it's much uh, an ego issue that's, um, that's preventing us from and, and that armor that we seem to put on in our industry. But. When you can take that armor off and and you can hold yourself accountable and have some some really healthy kind of internal dialogue and conversations about right where where actually where am I right now and why and what what am i what am I actually doing in with relation in relation to my happiness health, and wealth right? where is it right now, and where do I want it to be? why is it not where I want it to be is what can I do to to influence and control this and you can combine this with basic things like goal setting, so essentially you're looking at uh, you're looking at short medium and long term where is the my long term goal with regards to happiness and health and then are my decisions and my my guiding principles in line with my goals and and this helps you make more effective and efficient decisions, which are going to be leading you towards where you want to be in line with your well-being. Um, It it kind of all goes together and it's a, it's a very, it's simple, but it isn't easy.
0: And I can certainly attest to the fact that it's effective as well, because I know we've, uh, we've done that little process as well. Um, And for me, it was super useful to just get those ideas on paper and and sit there with your values and, and what you want to achieve in a few years time. Um, and try and work out whether actually what you're doing is is leading to those um, goals and achievements. So I can certainly attest to the fact that that is a useful task to be doing. Um, but then when you put it into some kind of practical context, um, can you can you give us an example of how you've uh, you've done that before, or how uh, you've done that with a with a potential client, for example?
1: Yeah, I mean, I use I use myself as as the example. Um, I've always been like Mr. More and better and, and nothing was ever kind of good enough or big enough, strong enough, fast enough. The results weren't good enough. The gold medal wasn't gold enough. And, and I was always on to the, the next the next job. Right. What's the next task? Um, And I wouldn't reflect in a, in a very constructive or healthy manner. Uh, and I actually got put on to. Uh, uh, a product called the Mind Journal, which um, is a mail journal, uh, journaling journal. I don't know how else to describe it. Which uh, Sam Portland recommended to me, and that has some fantastic exercises in there, which just helped to really clarify and clear a whole bunch of noise out of my out of my head, um, and, and really helped me to focus in on on what's fundamentally important to me in my life. Um, so things like creating your personal values and your personal vision. Your personal values being the type of person that you are and that you want to be. Where are you right now? Are your behaviors in line with your personal values? And then your personal vision is, is relating to what you want to achieve be that professionally personally so as an example mine are i I want another kid at some point i've always wanted to go on a cruise to the um to the caribbean so that's on there Uh, i'd like to own a a property abroad so so there's tons of different bits and pieces that can be professional and non-professional and then you look at your systems and you say well are the decisions that I'm making going to bring me closer to or further away from my personal vision? Uh, or, and, and am I actually behaving in line with how I consider myself to be and how I want to be? When you combine these things, it, it becomes pretty powerful in helping to keep you on the straight and narrow. And I like to use the analogy of the bowling alley because it, it, keeping the it, these these sorts of things are like putting bumpers up uh, so that when you ping from when you're going left to right, you're just like, hang on a minute. I just need to ground myself a little bit and let's put the bumpers up because I keep going in the gutter. Let's put the bumpers up. Let's get back on track and, and let's, let's go forward. Um, but for, for me personally, having that down and visualized was a fantastic way to do that. Uh, I also used a vision board, uh, which is a really great way to, start to i'm a very visual person so if you you use words like imagine paint a picture map this out draw you use words like this to me and i I can do that so i used a vision board which uh essentially was 15 to 10 to 15 minutes looking at a, a whole bunch of meaningful images every morning and night first thing and last thing to help it bring to the to the um ingrain it in my subconscious and little by little my behaviors started to alter automatically to pull those goals closer towards me um it was so it was amazing really really powerful stuff actually
0: i think that's a, a, a super interesting little avenue to to go down as well because it's, it's really interesting it's really it's really easy um to save a few pictures in a certain folder on your phone and, and to look at them right like that's uh that costs very little time and energy
1: Yeah, it's all about investment and and where you're putting that investment. And uh, it's it's putting the right the right things in the right place at the right time. And that fundamentally comes down to knowing yourself. Uh, And then as part of knowing yourself, it's knowing what you like, what you don't like, really investing and engaging with that in order to make better decisions. Um, But what there is not a lot of support is the how. How do we make these better decisions? How do I create guiding principles for myself? How do I create a guide, uh, a personal vision? These things are uh, something that people are
0: struggling with. And, and that's some of the, the tools and resources that I'm trying to do with, uh, with Career Blueprint. Absolutely excellent, mate. So in terms of time, I think we're a little bit pushed. But uh, how can people get more information from you? Because uh, you're putting a lot of great information out there. What, what can, where can we get you? Where can we uh, find more about what you're doing? Yeah,
1: sure. So the, the website is www.yourcareer-blueprint.com, where you'll see a lot about the, the products and services that are available at the moment. For a, uh, the Facebook community, which is a support network, probably about nearly 600 practitioners in there at the moment from all around the world, who essentially would like a little bit more support and guidance as to how they can take control of their their happiness, health, and wealth. Uh, that's a place for solutions. Uh, the link will be uh, with the show notes here, but that is called the Performance Practitioner Wellbeing Facebook group. You can find that nice and easy. And then uh, Facebook, uh, sorry, Facebook, Instagram is Career Blueprint, Twitter, uh, Coach Blueprint One, because Career Blueprint was taken.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you've been robbed there, mate. Harsh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in terms of the, the journal that's been released um, there's also an option to, to get a, a little code on that as well isn't there yes there
1: is so science support have very kindly agreed to uh, put a competition together and uh, i'll be giving away 3 journals for the listeners uh, so the entry requirements and a little bit about the competition again will be in the probably in the show notes i think yeah. and the code is 15% off uh, that is s FS15 so Science for sport 15. SFS15, 15 S FS15 15% off for uh, a UK based uh, customers at the moment I'm struggling to get their overseas um, delivery organised so just UK at this present moment
0: absolutely excellent so uh, if they if anyone wants to find out more then uh, feel free to go and find uh, Josh on any of those mediums and uh, I think that's it mate so a massive thanks for your time and uh, yeah I look forward to speaking to you soon thank you very much appreciate it Matt Cheers, buddy. Bye. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks to Josh for all of his hard work in today's podcast. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure you do at home too. Before you leave, I want to point you in the direction of our Coach Academy. The Coach Academy is a series of courses broken around to bite-sized chunks. So if you've enjoyed today's podcast and you want to get the most out of yourself as a practitioner, all you have to do is click the link in the show notes and take seven days completely for free using that link. And if you have enjoyed today's podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you can give us a quick like and a share. That means that we can keep bringing the best possible guests and the best possible content. And that's it. Once again, a massive thanks from me and Matt Solomon for Science of Sport, and I'll speak to you next week.